Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. Thank you for joining us here on our 93rd episode, where we get a chance to talk to Coach Todd Fitzgerald. Coach Todd Fitzgerald is the current head coach of Stoneman Douglas High School in Southern Florida. Stoneman Douglas ended up number one in the country this year, 2020, in 2021, excuse me, um, ranked the number one high school team by Perfect Game, number two by Baseball America. He was the 2021 National Head Coach of the Year. Just third time that he's won this award. He won in 2008, 2016. He was the Florida Coach of the Year. It's the second time he's won this award. So along with being the national champion, number one ranked, he was also Florida State champion. He which is what he's won three Florida State championships. The second one he's won in the last six years. Former head coach at American Heritage, another Southern Florida school, where he was the Florida State champion in 08. In 08, that's when he was All-USA Coach of the Year as well. He has nearly an 80% winning percentage at 446 and 119. Coach Fitzgerald has had been top 50 in the country 12 years in his 20 years as a head coach. He's had 32 players drafted in professional baseball. Man of integrity, high character, extremely competitive. Talk about that a lot here in the conversation. Uh, and all about teaching life lessons. Uh, and as we all know, he's got great perspective of things. That Stone Douglas went through a tragedy uh, with their school shooting. And uh, we get into that and, and uh, about the perspective they have and how they've been able to turn that tragedy into triumph. So, um, I want to thank him for jumping off. Just like I want to thank our sponsors, Netting Professionals, Will Minor, and those guys at Netting Pros are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstop, backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. So, thanks for those guys. Check them out. I know you as people are starting to get their facility ready, get their things tied up for the spring season netting pros guys can take care of you so thanks again thanks coach todd fitzgerald for taking some time for us have a great conversation ton of things um from like i said that perspective of the of the tragedy and how they do that and how it's changed them as well as then throughout the simple things of like what they do after at bats in their games so great stuff and here he is Head coach, Stoneman Douglas High School, Coach Todd Fitzgerald. No, it almost seems like they're out to get me every year, you know. And mm. you know, you know, you cut a kid, and they they want to complain, or you know. Uh, but I know we do things the right way, and pretty thick in my own skin, so I kind of don't let that really get to me. I, I'm I'm really more about the kids and. 
and the school and, you know, the kids that, that I teach too, cause I also teach there. So I'm a science yeah. teacher. So, um, you know, just making sure they're okay. Really. I mean, that's the main thing and just trying to be there for them and be supportive of them and be strong for them. You know, that's, that's really my goal. And, but it, I'll tell you what it has made me, it's made me a better coach because of patience. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot more patience. I've learned to listen a little bit more instead of jump a guy, you know, where I would, you know, back in the day. Now it's like, you know, I listen to him a little bit more now, you know, just because of all the mental health stuff going on. So you never know what a kid's going through, you know. So I'm a little bit more uh more more in tune to that. And I think it's made me a better coach in that regard for sure. So you're gonna say you're more in tune like the mental health side of things. So like do you have you brought that in like your practice plans every day or it's just like your interactions with kids? We talk, yeah, just interactions. You know, we talk to our kids every day and tell them, you know, <clears throat> don't be afraid to speak up. I mean, this is your this is your sanctuary. You know, we got to, we're on the field for two and a half, three hours a night, man. Like this is this should be your release of the entire day. So you do what you got to do and you know, open up and communicate and communicate with your coaches and you know, something's on your mind, you know, don't be afraid to speak up or say something or, you know, cause we don't know, you know, we don't know. We don't, I don't, I don't know what you went through that day. Mom and dad might've had a fight or got an F on a test. You broke up with your girlfriend. I don't know. You know, maybe that's why you're having a bad practice, but you know, just talk, you know, I think that's important and being able to listen to that, you know? Yeah. So you said like, it makes you a better listener. Yeah. Like you just, you just find time like within like, do you asking questions more when these guys mess up or like when you like, you would jump a guy, you ask him questions or you just like walk away? No. Well, you know, the good thing is I'm, I'm, I'm lucky now. So I, I I got a, I got a really good coaching staff. And so as a head coach now, you know, before, you know, when I was younger, I had to do it all. Now I can just walk around man. I'll go walk around and hang out with the short stops while they're taking ground balls and coach them up a little bit. I'll move over into the outfield and see what they're doing in their positional stuff and talk to them or walk over to the catchers and say, Hey, you know, how's it going? You know, what are we doing today? You know, just, just being more of a figurehead around those guys and just letting my coaches coach. And I think that's, that's really helped us and it's helped this program. For sure. Um, you find, you find that, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, you hear all the great coaches say those things. I guess it's just a matter of, you know, just finding your time, you know, just kind of biding your time to get to that point, you know, where you can trust a guy and guys like probably reach out to you and say, Hey, I'd love to come coach for you. Um, you know, but yeah, it's just, it's really nice to be able to have that, you know, kind of facilitate and just manage, um, you know, manage your guys, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. I've actually got uh, a former player who runs my JV program. So, nice. uh, and then I got another guy coming back who was a catcher at University of Missouri, Chad McDaniel. He's doing an internship uh, this spring for for his graduation. So, um, you know, when those guys come back or the Jesus Lazardos, you know, they, they they live behind the school and they come over and they and they just come over and play catch and say what's up to the guys or the or the Anthony Rizzo's come out and they take BP and, you know, it says, what's up to the guys, you know, all those things are important. You know, those guys come back and, and they give to the program and, you know, when the kids see them, you know, it's like, wow, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Like how, what, what are some things that you do to like continue to make it open like that for people to do like, how, like, what, what does that feel like? What are, what are some things that you maybe intentionally done to, to create that kind of openness if you want to come back? 
Well, I've always I've always told my players, don't ever feel like you have to call me to to come come to practice. I said that we're your family. Like you, you're always welcome here. From whether it was a guy who wasn't a great player or a guy who was a great player, like you're always welcome here. You never have to call to come to practice. You never have to call, hey coach, I'm coming. I want I want to take ground balls today at practice. Let's go. Kobe Mayo. Kobe Mayo in, in your neck of the woods right now, Baltimore Orioles. Yep. Guy comes and works out with us all the time on his off season. You know, you know how valuable that is for young guys. Oh yeah. He just shows up to practice. Hey, coach, can I jump in and get some beat? Absolutely. Now, a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches don't allow players to do that, nor do they allow scouts to be around as much either. Like, I, I'm an open door. Like, I want to promote my guys as much as I can promote them. So, um, you know, I always have an open door. I'll never turn a guy away that wants to come offer something to our program. If that yeah, I think that's just, it does. And I think that's valuable for you to say, you know, I think it's, it speaks volumes, you know, like where you are, your open door policy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's critical. I think, you know, when guys see, man, I, and Kobe's a, Kobe's a minor leaguer, but, you know, I think he's going to be a big leaguer in a couple of years. But again, when you've got a pro, one of your former players, a pro guy, and wants to come out and take ground balls with freshmen and sophomores and, you know, talk to them and coach them up. That's huge. You know, that's huge. And just 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 having conversation, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty special. Oh, absolutely! No, that's great, man. So I love that. Don't ever feel like you have to call me to come back. Don't ever practice. Right? That's awesome. Never. That's great. Never. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> so you said you mentioned about like just man, just being more patient and things like that. You know, just allowing yourself to do it like do you did you find yourself like just that patience allowed you guys to maybe have like the route that you did this year like was it a because you talked about like, getting over the hump you know kind of getting there was like was this that's not getting over the hump but like like did that patience work for you here this year know. you know that's a good that's a that's another great question trey i think i honestly believe and 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 you might fall out of your chair when i say this but we had angels on our shoulders. Yeah. Real angels. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier before we started with the, the whole shooting thing. Like we had angels on our shoulders. I can't even tell you. We were playing, we were playing Palm Beach Gardens, right? They beat us earlier in the season. We started five and oh. They beat us, they beat us at our place at home. And we play them in a regional championship game. And their left fielder, I mean, I'm telling you, is going. Wall to wall, making plays all over the field, the, the entire night. Like I'm not just talking routine stuff, right? I'm talking like diving, running into a fence, taking a ball away. Like we're in the last inning, two outs. Gavin Conicello gets up, hits a. We're down four three. Hits a hits a routine fly ball to left field. I'm like, we're sunk, right? Game over. Routine, like you could have called it blindfold. This kid catches it a hundred out of a hundred times. He takes two steps and falls down. Ball goes over his head. We end up with a double. Shortstop's talking trash to him, right? How they're going to celebrate on the field. My catcher's up, who just struck out miserably the inning and a half before on three straight sliders. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. (laughs) <laughs> comes over to me puts his arm around my shoulder. He says, coach, don't worry about it. I got you. First pitch, two run dinger ball game. 
that was it. That was it. Ball game. I, mm. I can't explain it. I, I can't tell you why the kid fell down. I think somebody might have came out of the ground and tripped him. I don't know. But, I mean, it was routine right here. Yeah. And he just fell down. Unbelievable. I mean, you got to have luck. You know, you got to have luck in the yeah. game, obviously. Florida's tough. You got to win seven straight to win it all. Uh, one and done. And uh, just somebody was watching over us that night. That's all I can tell you. And, and three days before that, a good friend of mine passed away in his sleep. And after we after we had scored the run, a white dove came out from a white dove came out from uh, over our press box and flew out to left field, turned around and came back to home plate. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Right? It gives you goosebumps. And then the last out before the state championship was made, the same white dove went from right field to left field to center field. Yeah. Get out of here. I swear to God, dude. I can't make it up. I'm telling you. Wow. I'm telling you. It's crazy. I got yeah, a picture. You're... I got a picture. If you text me your number afterwards, I got a picture. I'll send you a picture. There was actually an angel in the outfield. And mm. when you look at it, you'll be like, oh, my God. During the game. Like, it was like kind of that twilight, you know? Yeah. It's an actual angel. It's crazy. You'll see the head with the three wings coming off it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You had some angels in the outfield. Yeah, <laughs> something. Something was with us. Yeah, you got to get the breaks for sure. And I was just, yeah, it's just, it's just funny how just life works and just tra yeah, tragedy to triumph, you know, like yeah. just that, you know, just yeah. amazing. You know, what a it's story. Amazing how, it's amazing how a tragedy brings everybody together, right? In mm -hmm. any sport. Right. In sport, in sport. Right. Sports are the greatest thing to bring people together. It's it's crazy. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Yeah. I think so, too, man. I think like it's so much so much of that. Like so, you know, bringing in all of these things, you know, when you guys are going through tough times, you know, and you guys think are, are those just simple things that you bring back? Are they are there just moments? You know, I mean, I mean you talked about you know, what they're doing with the new building and things like that. You know, we had touched base about that. But, like, are those conversations you have maybe in classroom sessions or just, like, maybe, like, your, you, you know, times that you just kind of talk to the team in your team meetings and bring those things back? Yeah, we try and keep everything in-house, you know. Yeah. So whatever we talk about inside the clubhouse, you know, stays in the clubhouse. And we'll talk about those things because I want the kids to know, like, you know, it's it's something that, that – we need to get through and we have pretty good, but we don't ever want to forget. And we always want to honor them. You know, we all, we wear these, uh, we wear these bands. I don't know if you can see it, but uh, they're, they're, it's a, it's, it's a believe band, right? So yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. Rita. So, you know, we wear these bands. They, we, we have it and all our players wear them and uh, we've been wearing them for the last five years and, I uh, got a guy that does them for us, and he's a big spiritual baseball guy. It's it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. But he he was with us from day one afterwards, and um, you know, it's just something something we do, and we, and we always honor those seventeen fallen. You know, we always have something, whether it's on the hat or on the sleeve or on our wrist. We're always going to honor those kids and those and those teachers that lost their lives that day. Man, for sure. Uh, it's it's. It's definitely a perspective, 
you know, for sure. You know, Brian oh, yeah. came, you know, you think of his perspective posters, you know, like you guys really just need one. Yeah. You know, I was a gr- it was always a great activity for me, you know, perspective poster, everybody brings something, you know, perspective, so what, you strike out, so what, have some perspective on things, you know, and it's like you guys don't need everybody, you know, you have that one common, you know, thing, and it's such a great perspective that allows you to, you know, you know, like, you know, like so many high school teams and high school players being able to get over their mis- failures, their mistakes, you know, being able to just handle it better than the next team typically is going to get you in a better place to win the game. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, man. I mean, I can't even tell you how, how much luck we've had and, and, and how resilient our kids are. And, you know, it's just uh, – Base, baseball is a game that teaches you perseverance, obviously. You've played, you know. It teaches you uh, how to be successful. It teaches you how to deal with failure. It teaches you how to be tough, you know. It teaches you how to be level-headed. Um, you can be 0 for 4 or 4 strikeouts and come up in your fifth at bat and hit that walk-off, and nobody remembers the four strikeouts, right? That's it. Uh, you, you can be the guy that's got the no hitter going into the seventh and give up the solo that beat you, you know? So they're going to remember the solo. They're not going to remember the no hitter for seven and two thirds or whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just a great humbling game. It's the greatest game around. Uh, but man, so many life lessons, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. The life lessons you can learn from this game. Yeah, it is. So, and you know, it's, it's part of your, you know, I, your bio just as much as you know the the national coaches of the year you know about your life lessons and things like that is that something that do you bring it through your program uh throughout the program do you have classroom sessions do you do it weekly things do you do just like community service things uh how do you incorporate all those different life lessons that i know you're all about well, a couple a couple things we do. Obviously, we just got done with a toy drive. So we do a toy drive for Joe DiMaggio's Children's Hospital, something we've done every year. Uh, this year, we also do the uh, Rizzo Walk for Cancer. So we support that organization. And then we and then uh, last week, we had a couple guys go over and uh, hang lights for some foster kids, you know, on their houses. So I, w- I just want them to understand that there, there are there are far major major things in life than, than winning and losing a baseball game that you're going to, that you're going to take with you as you move on in your life, whether it's being a father, you know, being a teacher and educator, uh, being a professional and whatever you do. Um, just learning that understanding that you, you guys are very lucky to be able to do what you do when there's a lot of kids in your position, they can't get out of bed because they're, because they're dying of cancer. Uh, because they just don't have the way to get to practice. They don't have clothes. They can't afford uh, a, a good meal. You know, uh, you guys are very fortunate to have what you have, and don't ever, don't ever take that for granted because uh, it can be very humbling and, and it can be taken from you in a minute. You never know. You, got, you just, I just want our guys to be the best version of themselves, right? To be the best version of yourself every day, and don't try and be anything different. You know, I'm not, my resume is great, but my resume is my resume because of the players that I've had play for me. Not because of me, not because of me. It's because of those players. They've made me the coach that I am. And I appreciate them for that. Awesome. 
So would you happen to say, like, it sounds like a mission statement for me, like, uh, want your players to be the best version of themselves and don't be anything different. Right. Sounds like your, sounds like your program's mission. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know what? We have this saying, though. We have this one saying. It's called, it's INAM. I-N-A-M. It's not about me. Be the best version of yourself every day. Love your teammates and respect them as they will respect you. You know, so that's that's what we try and you know that's that's I I am I am I N A M. It's not about me. Yeah, it's not about Heck me. yeah. Yeah, just little quirky things like that, I guess. So how did how did that come to be? What's something? That, how did that? How did you end up um, well, incorporating you know, that in the program? I is actually from from one of my older coaches, Coach L, Coach Bonner who was actually my little league coach. He's been at Douglas ever since it opened. And we have these whiteboards in the dugout, you know, mm -hmm. so on game days we do, you know, quality at bats guys go in there and they write down, you know, what they did in the at bat, what pitch they saw, blah, blah, blah. They, they grade their at bat, A, B, C, D, um, you know, so they can look at it for the next at bat. And then, um, he, he's just an old Vietnam veteran, uh, had, had a cup of coffee with the San Diego chargers, uh, you know, just a great human being and, uh, put that up there for us one day and it's, and it, and it, and it just stuck, you know, because it's, it's really not, it's not about me. <laughs> it's about us. Yeah. Going right. And that's, that's kind of like with this whole podcast thing, you know, kind of just kept, we just kept on wrong. Cause I'm like, it's not a, like. I just can't wait till my next good conversation. Like I couldn't wait. Like I literally text you like, I can't wait. Like, Hey, it's coming up. Like we're right. getting ready to have a like, talk some baseball, you know, like right. that's it, man. Like that's, that's been a very common thing throughout the great guys that I've had a chance to talk, you know, like Ray, you know, like it, it just, you know, Pudge and you talk with these guys, man, it's just, it's, it's not about, it's not about us. It's about, it's just about us. It's about having this great game and, and keep moving it forward. I would love, I would love to get into more of these whiteboards for one. I, I love you already tickled my curiosity about like the QAB. So just a little, just a little bit more clarification. If I heard you after everybody's at bat, they will come in and they will grade their at bat right then during the game. Yeah. After they get done their at bat, they come in and yep. they do that on yep. the board. Yep. Yep. So for every single one of their at bats. Yep. Yeah. And so they don't do they necessarily so they're looking at it during the game. So you're not necessarily like doing like a journal after the game. It's just like, nope, we're just gonna do it right here after your bat. Yeah. So they come in, they come in, they get on the board. Uh and they'll just they'll put a grade or you know, or or uh, uh they'll either put a Q or they'll put an A or an F and you know, they'll write down they'll write down the at bat result and uh you know, next time they go up, you know, whether it's third inning or whatever they'll go back see what see what they did that at bat maybe the pitch that beat them on the at bat what the count was you know we do tendency charts i got our pitchers they do tendency charts uh uh we do we have a, a process where you're in, when you're on deck you're, you're taking live swings or you're timing a guy up when you're in the hole you're studying seeing if you can pick up you know certain grips certain tells pitcher does maybe you can relay it one thing i don't won't won't tolerate is when a kid strikes out or gets out is if he doesn't come back and like and you know like i'm you just got out and i'm on deck and i go give you a fist bump and you walk right by me and don't give me a fist bump back that 
that's not acceptable. That's not being a good teammate. That's selfish. You know, and those are things that we'll talk about either during or I'll pull them in the clubhouse and talk to them about it. Or, you know, we'll talk about it after a game. So, um, you know, just little things that give us a, a, a little bit of advantage to be successful. You know, our pitchers are the best cheerleaders we got. Huh, they, they do a great job of, of trying to pick up signs and things of that nature. And, you know, they're, they're, they're brutal, man, on teams too. <laughs> they're, brutal. they're brutal. So uh, we talk a little bit, you know, uh, it depends on who we're playing. Uh, if I'm playing Ray, obviously it's a clean game. It, you know, kids love each other. They know each other. But if it's somebody that rubs us the wrong way, I turn my guys loose and, you know, it's just, you know, that's how we do it. We're not going to back down from anybody. So sure. sure. you want to give it, you better be able to take it. That's it. You're going to give it. You're going to take it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So what do you do? What do you do for away games? So um, do you have, how does that, how does that process look like on away games? So our routine? Yeah, just like with the quality of bats, you know, like you, you carry a whiteboard on the road too? No, uh, we, we, we'll do it on a, on a clipboard. So we'll, okay. Okay. we'll do it. We'll do it on the road for them. And then they'll come over and check it before their next at bat. So we'll do, we'll do our hitters at bats on a, on a clipboard. So we have a guy designated to do that. Hey, this is what he got you on, blah, blah, blah. And then you can do it there. But at home, it's a lot easier when you're in the confines of your own place. Cause you have access to so many yeah. things. So right. um, but they always know, you know, what they did, what the guy threw, you know, how he got them out. You know, and, and we'll make, and then we'll come back, and then the next day, I don't, I don't, I'm not really a big, I don't really talk to them much about the game after the game, whether we win or lose, because they're they're jacked up or they're down anyway. We'll revisit the next day at practice, so we'll have like a 20 minute meeting before practice starts and go over the game the night before, and then we'll and then we'll try and correct those things in practice that day. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yep, makes perfect sense. I mean, they feel I bad. I knew, right? They feel, yeah, they feel bad. We all know. We all yeah. know, right? Who yeah. booted this ball or didn't? You know, couldn't no. play offense. You know, uh, I know Coach Lostnagel said it's just like the worst thing is, and it's the best thing he ever did was just give up the post game conference. Yeah, you yeah. know, sitting out in left field and just you know, haggling. You know. Yeah, and then you got your assistant coach that wants to talk, and then your pitching coach wants to, and you're out there for 30 minutes. Like they're hearing the same message; they've heard it enough. Like, let's 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 just revisit it tomorrow, you know. So mm-hmm. always just go. We win, we win big. If we if we win big, and I'm not happy about the way we played, I'll chew on them for a little bit, and then I'll dismiss them. If we win, and I'm happy, you know. Hey, great job! This is what we did. Blah blah blah. Let's clean it up, you know. If they lose, they feel bad enough already. We'll hit it back on the next practice. You know, that's it. Oh. Yeah, that's it. We don't. So we don't beat ourselves very often. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's we all know, you know, what I mean, especially at your at, at your level with the guys that you're you're dealing with. You know, we typically know even kids like you know my son's ten. They know a lot of the reasons why. Yeah, uh, and it's just a matter. Of, yeah, let's 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 cover these at another point. You know. Um, I think where people come in come into play is like a conversation of like, okay, if I'm at a tournament, you think of travel ball, you think of time where I don't get a good chance to go practice. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? So like, let's think of in terms of that, like, you know, like if you coach a travel team, you're in a three or four game tournament, even, you know, let's, you don't have a chance to do that. Would your post game still look the same? Well, interesting. You say that. Cause I actually coach travel. So we have an organization and 
we our post game we actually do practice so uh, yeah. it's probably a little different but yeah my post game is is pretty much the same like the only thing i tell the kids in travel in high school like this is your time like this this is where all the colleges are here this is about me going to Trey Cobb and promoting you to his institution. I'm going to tell Trey that you're a grinder, that you'll win for him. You're great in the classroom. You check all the boxes. You hustle on off the field. You handle the bat well. You're a great defender. And then you go out and play and do three out of the five things wrong that I told him you do. He's going to look at me and, 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 coach you're crazy and then he Mm -hmm. won't come back and see another one of my players so I have to be honest with the coaches that I talk to about the players that I'm promoting to them and the kids have to understand that you have to understand that not everybody's a division one athlete Mm -hmm. if you're a d1 guy you better be a dude if you're a division two dude you better be a dude d3 you better be a dude in AIA you better be a dude juco you better be a dude so there's there, it just because it's not D1 doesn't mean that you're not a good baseball player. And that is where parents ruin it for kids because there are so many great places. As you know, there are so many great places in this country to play baseball, man. It don't have to be D1 or Power 5. It's what's the best fit for you. I want to go play for Trey Cobb because he's the, he's the kind of coach that I want to play for after I've built that relationship on the phone or I've gone to see that institution, you know, like that's where I want to go. I don't care where it is. I'm going to play for that guy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Kids kids make decisions. They kids make decisions nowadays, just based on baseball. You can't make a decision for the next four years based on baseball. It has Mm -hmm. to be the total package institution, academia, baseball, God forbid I get hurt. Do I want to stay here for four years and get my degree? Right? What if I don't have a good year? Is the coach going to release me since it's a one-year renewable scholarship? Like, what am I getting myself into? Those are questions that kids have to ask these coaches that a lot of kids don't understand or know what questions to ask coaches. Mm-hmm. But we try and educate our kids on that, you know, and make sure that they got a list prepared to ask coaches. College coaches want you to ask questions. They want they want to know that you're researching their school. They want to know that you know about their program. They want to know that you know about their coaching staff and the stability in their program and where they're going. If you don't ask those questions, how do you ever know? Make sense? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Just being able to have a list of questions, asking where coaches, you know, being able to make the decisions more than just baseball. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even just like you said, best fit, you know, even conversation, I had conversation yesterday. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm helping freshmen right now and looking and giving them through the process. We had kids talking to some power fives. You got kids. And I'm like, so now they're looking at, well, what's this one like this? And then I'm like, okay, well, now you're looking at, is this a school I can play at right away? Or is this a school that I might be okay with playing like as a junior? You know, that's needs to be part of this conversation too. Like that's another level of it where like, you going to be okay with sitting for the first two years or bad, like really competing? Uh, because, yeah, you can be a dude, but like you get there, there's going to be other dudes there and you might not play right away. Right. But you know what? I, I That's a great thing to say. But also another great thing to add to that is 
I'm a dude freshman, right? I'm being recruited by this school. So, okay, I got an opportunity to go in and compete, right? So, okay, I'm a, I'm a shortstop. I go in and compete, but I got a first rounder behind me. I mean, in front of me. So I want me. So now I'm thinking, okay, here comes the light. You know what? I know I made the right decision because this guy's going to teach me and bring me along in my, and for a year. He's going to bring me along. He's going to teach me. And when it's my turn next year, I'm going to be ready because of the lessons that he taught me. I want to be pushed every single day as an athlete. I don't want to go in and be the guy. If I'm not looking over my shoulder or if I'm not being pushed, how am I getting better? I want to be a top round draft guy. How am I getting better if I'm not getting pushed every day? Right? Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. You got to be pushed every day. Mm-hmm. That's why playing on certain teams, like, you know, if you're just going to be the guy playing every inning and not even thinking about being like, are you really playing the best you can? You know, like looking right. over your shoulder and being able, being able to be there. Like, you know, like I could play on my B day and still be okay. And I'm yeah. my C day. Yeah. And I'm still going to go out and play the next day. Yeah. How do you know how good you can really be if you're not pushed every day? Because mm-hmm. you're not beating, you're not taking my job. <laughs> Me and you are two freshmen going in. You're not taking my job, buddy. That's it. That's my attitude. Oh, you yeah. Better, you better bring it. I'm not afraid yeah, I- to compete. No, you know, like, so thinking about that, like, are those things like, uh, competitiveness, like that competitiveness, like, how do you bring that into your program to help those, like help your guys become, become more competitive? Well, you know what? We're lucky. I'm too deep at every position. I've got basically two varsity baseball teams and there's competition every single day at practice every day. And they know. You can't take a day off here. You know, we're lucky enough to be able to have the luxury of being too deep. Mm -hmm. You know, we are. And uh, they're they're challenged every day, every day. But, man, they are so close and so tight. Like, they want the other guy to be as successful as they do. And if that guy's not there, then they'll push that guy to get to where they're at, you know. But it's competition every day. So it's going good right now. Will you, like – chart them like is that is that basically the biggest thing you're doing charting them or just kind of like putting them on two teams battle let out yeah we chart them we chart them uh we do lots of inner squads um we chart every at bat and it's really for me it's not really the result right it's more of you hit a you hit a four hopper to the shortstop are you hard 90 down the line or are you pulling up halfway because you think you're going to be out you hit a ground ball back to the pitcher. Are you getting out of the box, or you hit a pop pop up in the infield? Are you are you still standing in the box? Or are you standing on two? Those are the things that I look for. I hey, guys are going to strike out. Guys are going to roll over. Guys are going to punch out. They're going to hit weak. But where? Give me your effort. I want the guys that are going to give me their best effort, no matter what they do at the plate. I'm just thinking of like. You know, you've been in the game for a while, and you've seen how it's kind of changed in terms of charting. You know, um, where have you noticed? Like, where where do you find like your biggest? Like, are you charting in terms of like every ground ball to like defensively? Because uh, you've kind of mentioned the quality fast system. That's kind of what you're looking at there too. Uh, defensively, are you looking for the same kind of thing? Like, 
like you said, how many times you touch it, like Corbin loves to be like, like how many times you just touch it, you know, being able to give those effort plays and things like that. I don't care if you make the highlight play, you have to make the routine play every time, every time. If you take a playoff, you're not in the game. I get mental mistakes. I mean, physical mistakes, but mental mistakes by you dogging a ground ball that you should, that you can field in your sleep. For me, that's a mental mistake. That's not, that's mm-hmm. not physical. That's not, that's not doing what your coach should do. So it's for me, it's making that fundamental play 4.3 seconds or less, um, getting it across the diamond, following your throws, doing what your coach should do instead of doing what you want to do or what's comfortable for you. You know, you're going to do it this way because this is the way that works. I've done it a long time. I know what works. You might think you're great, but at the end of the day, you can be really great if you if you want to be coached. If you don't want to be coached, then chances of you seeing the field are slim and none. <laughs> if you would say so, like, would you would you hang your hat on this competitiveness thing? Like, uh, you know, when I say thing, like, you know, like that's what you're known for. Like, that's what you kind of bring mostly to your kids, kind of creating those competitors. Um, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm an intense guy at practice. Like practice is my day, you know, yeah. game day is their game, their day. Yeah. So I'm more relaxed on game. I just tell them guys, I've prepared you all week to play. This is your, don't make me coach today. Nothing greater than I would love to do to go over there and coach third and not have to coach you today. All I want to do is wave you around the diamond. I don't want to have to be in a one nothing game in the sixth inning and have to coach you, right? I, don't make me coach you. You've done all this all week. You've competed all week. There's nobody better than us. The only people that can beat us is us. You've been pushed by your teammates all week. Don't make, don't make us coach today. Go do your thing. Do what you know how to do and go do it well. That's it. That's that. That's the message. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the message. How do you, uh, what are your best ways finding like for pitchers to compete? How do you like pit your pitchers to compete? Well, be, being a former pitcher myself. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's funny. This is, this is, this is, this could be a whole nother conversation right here, brother. Okay. These guys, how many times have you gone to a showcase, right? Yeah. And you see a guy, Bumping 90-91, right? Yep. Can't throw a strike. Getting lit yep. up all over the place or walking the yard, right? Comes off the mound and says, Coach, I hit 90 today, though. Yeah. Did you get an out? Right? So that's number one. Number two, there's a lot more to pitching than just throwing the ball 60 feet, six inches. Can you command? Can you Can you control the running game? Can you field your position? Can you slow the game down when there's runners in scoring position? Can you slow the game down when there's runners on base? Do you know when to pick? Do you know not when to pick? What's the best time to pick? What's the greatest chance for a runner to run, right? Do you know this? No, you don't, because you're all showcasers. That's what I call them, showcasers. There's a lot more to being a pitcher than just throwing a ball 60 feet, six inches. And the quicker you guys learn this, the better we're going to be as a program and the better you're going to be 
as a pitcher and the more recruitable you're going to be because you understand how to control emotion, how to control a game, stay in the moment, be in the moment, want to be in the moment, and know that you're the best guy on the mound that day and nobody's going to beat you. It's competitive fire. And if you don't have competitive fire, go play another sport. <laughs> That's it. Bottom line. Guy hits a home run off you and, and, and walks it halfway down the line. The universal rule is, right, you're going to buzz the tower. You might drop the next guy, right? These kids don't know that. You, you tell a guy to go up and in on a guy, and he throws it up and away because he's scared to hit a guy. Look, if you looked at me the wrong way, I'm dropping you. Right back back in the day, I'm dropping. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm not throwing. Right. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm sending a message. I'm gonna hit. You. I'm gonna throw from the waist down. But I'm I'm dropping you. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know you're on notice. That ain't gonna happen here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Heck yeah. So Be competitive. We had, we, we had a kid. We had a kid. This is a funny story. This fall we were playing a team, and we had a kid who's a pitcher, and he's a really good pitcher on our JV team. And he kid got out on the other team and half-assed it down the line, came back and ran across the mound. Like, not around the mound, across the mound that I, that I own. <laughs> ran across the mound. And my guy didn't do anything. I called timeout. Oh. I called timeout. So let me tell you something. This is your house and your field. I, first base and our first baseman is like six three. He's a donkey. I, and I said, and you pointing my first baseman. I said, you, my third base. I said, you allowed that kid to run across the mound. And as a pitcher, you allowed that kid to run across the mound. What does that what What does that tell the other team? Tell mm. the other team that you're soft. Ain't nobody coming across my mound. You might catch a forearm or something, or, or next time up at bat, you're gonna catch. But no. I mean, that's just baseball. Like, there are certain things in baseball that, you know, that you just don't do, and that's one of them, you know. And we're not yeah, going to tolerate that. So, that's, a, again, another lesson, right? Yep. <laughs> Stand your ground. Stick your shoulders out. Know that you're a man, man. That you, own that, you own that circle right there. That's your circle. Nobody comes in that circle. Nobody. That's something, yeah, to walk across that mound. Ha! Yeah, like, yeah, no big deal. Like, no big yeah. deal. I'm like, did that? I looked at my coach. I'm like, did that? Did that? Did that just happen? Yeah, did I'm like, oh my god, you wow, wow, yeah, shoot. Mm -hmm. All right, go. Um, yeah, so if instilling more like there's inner squads, let's say, okay, let's putting more of them, let's put them in a, a good game situation, like situation. You say you have inner squads a lot. Are these uh like let's say those situations? Are you putting them in situations? Do you have like do you like your own guys to pitch? Being a pitcher like yourself, do you feel like are have you trying to do different things than what you thought like maybe that you had done? So about once a week we do this thing called a challenge period, right? Okay. So a challenge period is we'll get all the hitters by the turtle, and I'll, I'll put a guy on the mound, and put a runner on second base, one out. Put a defense out there, one out. And it's pitchers on one side, hitters on the other side. 
and they will just they will go back and forth at each other and the pitcher's got to win it or the hitter's got to win it and you know sometimes I'll put I'll put a closer out there sometimes I'll put a guy out there that that has trouble with a runner on second base just trying to get them to understand you know the mental side of the game like it's not about the strikeout it's about the situation that's in front of you and how are you going to handle the situation when you got 800 people in the fans in your ear, are you going to be able to tune it out and lock in? Or are you just going to wilt and give it away? And those are the guys you find out who can pitch for you and who can't, you know? So it's just called a little challenge period that we do from time to time. Will you give them a set, set number? Will a set number of hitters to do that? Or is it just a matter of a couple outs that they're going to get? Do you have a couple pitchers that you want to do it or just you just have one guy? No, it depends. It depends on the day. Three hitters, okay. one out, okay. runner on second base. Win and run on second base. Win and run and on just, second you, base. And you want to see a guy like you might that that you just like, hey, I gotta see you do this because this hasn't been very good. Yeah, like I have a guy that's not very good at holding runners at second base, right? So I'll throw that guy out there. Dude, don't let this guy steal third on us. Now you steal third. Now we got one out with a runner on third. That 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 gives them a lot more chances to score, right? So just mm-hmm. you know, just things like that, or guys that I know that are timid. Or, you know, that have that just aren't experienced enough, just throw them in the fire, man. You know, just try and try and just toughen them up mentally. Not physically so much, the mental side of it. Because it's such a great mental game, isn't it? It's it's unbelievable. Oh, I always love that question. Like, how much do you think this this game, how much how much do you think is baseball is mental? You know, like love telling kids that. Love asking yeah. that question. Yeah. One of my favorite questions to ask, you know, just thinking about love and then the answers and how they look at you and like, oh man, you know. Like, yeah and then like oh really you think that and you you know and you're this you know showcase kid or you know you're this and you can't deal with a striking out you know like yeah think about that or you don't or you don't know how to position yourself on a ball hitting the gap and you're the shortstop are you are you yelling to your second baseman double cut double cut or you just standing around okay watching the play and just getting the ball like what are you doing are you leading the infield if you're the shortstop you got to be a leader of the infield right you got to be talking. Hey, man, I want to know what I'm doing before the ball's hit to me. What am I going to do with the ball before it's hit to me? What's the situation here? You know, those are and those are things that we try and instill in our kids in practice. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, think a play ahead and don't ever be satisfied with getting one out. Just because we throw a guy out the plate, there might be other guys on the bases trying to advance. Like, dude, get that out and pop up and look to make another play. Don't just be satisfied with making the out, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Um, just one other I'm uh, just curious thing about other than the challenge period. Uh, something you'll do right away, like let's say after you like stretch, you know, base at the running. End, at the end, or of you, practice. No, end of practice. Okay. Yeah. If I'm in a bad mood, I might do it before practice starts. <laughs> okay. It depends on the mood I'm in that day. And is it all based around the pitching? It's all based yeah. on a certain pitcher, like not doing a certain situations correctly. Yeah, I want, I want our. Listen, I'm a, I'm a pitching and defense guy. Yep. Pitching and defense wins championship. Offense wins games. Right. You win championships by pitching and playing great defense. Offense is going to win a lot of games for you, but I don't want it to be on the offense. I want it to be on. I, I want it to be on because we pound the zone. We throw strikes. We play fast. We play hard. And we make the plays. 
and we beat guys on and off the field. You win, you win championships by playing pitching and defense, period. I don't care what anybody says. Not so much in the NFL anymore, but uh, baseball, it's still pitching and defense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we, it doesn't matter if you throw 90 or 80, man, you got to pound the zone. Just pound the zone. Guys will get themselves out in high school. Yeah. You know, they'll get themselves out. Just pound the zone. So with pounding the zone, so is there what is a way? Like, are you charting that? Are you giving them consequences bullpen wise? Like, how do you incorporate more strike throws? How do you teach command? I think you did de- well, pitching's repetition, right? So I have a really good pitching guy. He handles all the pitching. I've, I've kind of stepped out of that mold over okay. the years. I used to control the entire pitching staff. I don't anymore. I might call three or four pitches in an entire game. I think it's an art to call pitches, especially at the high school level. A lot of high schools are are, are very predictable in how they throw pitches. We love to throw inside. I, there's not a whole lot of schools that I that I play that that throw inside. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my offensive guys automatically we're gonna eliminate the inner third. Like. We're not even hunting pitches on the inner third. We're going to do damage with balls up in the zone or balls away or hangers or mistakes. We'll eliminate the inner third. If they beat us on the inner third, tip your cap and go back and then start over again. But we're, we're going to pound the ball inside. I'm going to throw inside all day, every day. And because, again, it's a lost art, right? Now these guys are throwing 100, 102 mile an hour. A lot of those guys are afraid to throw on the big league level. They don't throw inside as much because the control factor, right? There's a lot of guys that just throw in the big leagues, right? Just because they have arms. There's, there's not a whole lot of great pitchers in major league baseball. There really isn't. If you, if you look at the numbers, there's not a whole lot of great pitchers anymore. There's no Tommy Glavins. There's no Greg Maddox. There's no Nolan Ryans, you know, J.R. Richard. Even even back in the day, you know, Ron Guidry, Andy Pettitz, there's not there's Roger Clemens. There's not a lot of those guys anymore. You know, it's now it's 100, 102 and let it come out. And, and that's why I'm off. I'm, I'm still all for that. I know that whole sticky tape or whatever they were using on. And if a guy throws 102 and he don't know where it's going, I'm OK with you having a little sticky on the ball. If it's going to give you control, <laughs> I'm OK with it. Still got to hit it anyway. Right. Yeah, that that uh, it's crazy. Nobody go, you know, your starters don't go five innings anymore. You know, yeah. they don't go nine innings anymore. Man, you growing up as a kid, man, we used to throw nine innings, no big deal. Come back and close a game the next day. I never had an arm injury back then. You know, I just don't think I just don't think that there's so much in analytics nowadays that baseball's all analytics. You know, with the whole launch angle, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> um, you know, the, the heavy ball and the throwing and the, and the velo. And I want, I want guys that can pitch, man. I want, I want artists on them. That's the best way I can put it. I want an artist on the mound. That's who I want to win a game for me. My state championships. I didn't, I didn't win my three titles. I didn't win with 90 mile an hour guys, man. I won with a guy throwing 81. I thought I won with a guy throwing 80 who threw a changeup every three out of every four pitches I won the state championship with a guy that could spin it. Yeah, I mean, wasn't the guy, the 95-mile-an-hour guy. Anybody can hit a fastball. It was the guys that knew how to pitch, man, the the, the mastery. 
It's 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 fun to watch. Those are the guys we want to develop. It's not normal for kids to throw that hard this young. You know, you know they're going to break down eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not normal. I'd rather have a guy at 88 than a guy at 97 that don't know where it's going. So, well, like you said too, you know, and you and you don't know how long you know where where can they go? Like where where's the ceiling? You know, they're not going to. Yeah. Yeah, they're already throwing that hard. Where else can you go? You know, besides just trying to get a little bit of, you know, getting command and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering what the average lifespan of a major league arm is nowadays. You know, a guy that, you know, there's no 12, 15, 16 year veterans anymore. You know, like wonder what the average age of a guy in the big leagues is on the mound nowadays i bet it I, I bet it can't be five or six years at the most oh, i don't know it's a good question right? it's a good question yeah it's a good one. I, verlander comes to mind but he's a, he's an artist yeah that's he's true. a pitcher he's not he's not a thrower true i mean you know he's a guy he's a guy that's gonna go out and he can go out and give you nine he's not he's not i'm talking about the guys that come out of the pen for an inning and Oh, now oh, it's sixth yeah, inning, that's... seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning guys. Now, nowadays, everybody's a specialist for one inning. Yeah, and that's why you, you wonder, like, you know, is it is it the is it the players' fault? You know, because the players aren't putting themselves in those games either. You know, I mean, right. the situations yeah. where it's yeah. like, you know, uh, you think that the guys are making these decisions. You know, that's where you're not allowing the kids to become maybe the artists, like you're saying. Correct. Right. They just, they're just, they're so enamored with the velo. Nowadays you can strike out 250 times in a year and hit 30 bombs and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no Tony Gwynn's, you know, there's, you know, my boy, Nick Cassiano's had a great year, a great year and he better get paid this year. So anybody's listening, you make sure you pay him. Like <laughs> He better, he played for me. Like you better pay that guy. That guy's a baseball player. He can hit. J.D. Martinez, those guys can hit. But nowadays, you get guys that, you know, you strike out 250 times and hit 35 and bat 240 and have a great year. Before, if you didn't hit 280, 290, that's a down year, you know? I bet there's a lot more guys hitting under 300 than there were back in the day guys hitting over 300 that could really handle a bat. Nobody hits and runs anymore. I mean, the shift. Look at the shift. Why can't I? Yeah. Why can't I? I, can, I, can, I if a guy, if a guy's playing north of second base, why can't I just hit a ground ball? Because you're not getting paid to hit a ground ball. You're getting paid to hit a home run. Well, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> do so? Does are these the kind of things that you know? Like, so, Stoman is gonna is gonna bunt. Are you guys? You're gonna hit and run. You're gonna to do whatever the game dictates that you yeah, guys I mean, need to do. I'm pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much. I, I play by the book sometimes, but sometimes I play on gut, you know, I play on gut. Uh, there's some years I'll bunt some years. I won't like this year. We probably won't bunt at all. I think we got nine hitters that can swing it. Like I, I won't, I, I don't want to bunt. Like if I got a guy on, if I got a guy on second base late in the game, probably going to let the guy swing, you know, um, in years past I'd bunt him over and, you know, try and get that tie and run or whatever. But, you know, it just it kind of dictates the pace of the game and how the game's going and how I feel, you know, uh, as far as the guy, what, what's he done earlier in the night? Do I think his head's in the right place? 
or do I pinch hitting? You know, yeah. I mean, so, you know, um, we're, but, but I love, like, I like when we take a lead, I like to put my foot on the gas. I try not to coach for the first four or five innings of a game. If I don't have to just let the game come to us. And then if I have to coach at the end, I will. But again, like I told you earlier, I don't want you to make me coach on game day. Like I, that, that's your day. I did all my coaching this week in practice. I want you to go out and play the way you're capable of. Don't, don't let the coaches coach. That's so, cool, man. It's a yeah. great, it's a great way to say it. You know, like, you know, Augie's thing, you know, he always talked about, you know, play like you're in a sandbox, you know, but like, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it. You know, you're putting it really putting it on them. Like I don't want to coach today, you know, like uh, being able to do that. So that's great. So do you teach like through your inner squads and like, how do you teach it? Like when you're not like, let's say you want to allow them just to kind of free reign during the inner squad. No, um, no, no, no. They don't ever get free reign. Well, you know what I mean? Like you said, you're not really trying to trying to coach necessarily. So how does that come across during an inner squad? Well, so in the and then so, to make those decisions, you know what I'm saying? So, so in the fall, right? We tell our guys, we're not, we're not going to give you signs in the fall. Okay. You, everybody here has got the green light. How do you know if you can steal if you never try and steal? Right. Everybody's got the green light. So uh, from as far as running the bases. So if you want to try and steal, we get thrown out. We get thrown out. It is what it is. How are you going to know unless we know? You know, and then we'll we'll give them things or we'll work on things. I, I, I got some good base running stuff earlier uh, this fall from a friend of mine who's a coach, a, a junior college coach where my older son goes. And it's really, really good stuff. And uh, it, it helped us. I think we stole like 18 bags, 18 bags at third, like from second to third in the fall nice. in 16 games. Yeah. And last year we might have stole four bags, you know, from second to third. And we like to run. I love to run. But uh, I think we've got a pretty good system in. And, um, you know, I want those guys to be able to run. I want them guys to I, co communicate with yourself, talk to each other like, you guys have to know each other. Like on a hit and run situation, you know, you got a hitter and a, and a base runner can look at each other and just, it could just be a nod. Like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm running here. Okay, good. I'm going to protect you. You know, if I can, mm -hmm. you know, like just things like that. I just, I want to see them play baseball. I don't want to see them be robot robots. Maybe is that, that's probably yeah. not even the right word to say, but yeah, like, you know, I don't want them to rely on coaches to make decisions for them in the fall. I want them to make decisions on themselves, good, bad, or indifferent, and then we'll and then we'll talk about it. The only thing that we don't allow them to do is we always we always call pitches. Um, you know, I just I just think that we're we're smarter than our catchers, and I have a really good catcher, um, and he, he's he's special, but uh, you know. Again, at the end of the day, he's got a lot of other things to worry about, so we'll call pitches in the fall, mostly. Mostly. Sometimes we'll let them call, but you know how catchers get, man. They get runners on base. They get fastball happy, and they want to throw straight fastball so they can throw a guy out. They're not thinking like, okay, how do we set a hitter up? I just, well. want, to, I just want to throw the guy out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and those are things that you just have to teach them. That's awesome. It's awesome, man. It's fun. I love it. I love it. I, yeah, I'm full. Yeah, it's fun, man. In the fall, just to watch them, you just see them develop. Like I have a kid who, uh, 
who's a backup shortstop man. And, you know, he's a really, really good player. The, the one thing that he does that I don't want, he just wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like, I'm like, I'm like, Bubba, I mean, you know, come on. Like you're, you're big time now. You're, you're on the field right now. Like this is the best program around, you know, and that's our, you're big time. That baby stuff, we got to put that away or you'll never, you, you'll never play. You'll never develop. You'll never develop a hundred percent. If you don't allow yourself to accept failure, it's okay to fail. You're going to fail in this game. I promise you it's okay. You know what I mean? You're going to fail. It's the only game. It's the only thing in the, in life. You can fail 70% of the time. You can't fail 70% of the time as an educator. Yeah. You can't fail 70% of the time as a doctor, you know, as a lawyer, you know, I mean, it's the only thing you can fail 70% of the time and be considered great. Just think about that for a minute. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I get it. Well, then stop pouting. <laughs> you know, it's not about you. Not about me. It's not about me. So. Absolutely. That's right. That is really good. Um, where are you guys at right now in terms of the winter? What do you guys so, like to do in the winter before you guys get rolling? Well, like I told you, we did some community service stuff. Right, right, right. Um, kind of shut down, hitting the weights right now. Guys are just taking a break. They've had a long summer, long fall. First time we've had fall in over two years. Last year we didn't have fall because of COVID. So um, they, they're taxed a little bit. And I just want them to take a month and a half off and just be kids, man, and pound the weight and be hungry come January 24th, first day of prep. Be hungry to get back on the field. Yeah, you can, you can still go cages and swing and stuff like that. But as far as a team thing goes, like – Give your body time just to rest and recover and relax and get stronger, get your body back. Because when the spring starts, you know, it's hard to go to the weight room after practice every night and do your studies and eat right and do all that stuff. So let's 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 pound it hard right now. Let's step away from the baseball field, step away from the coaches. I'm sure you guys need a break, you know, and just just go be a kid and have fun and enjoy the holidays with your family and come back January 24th hungry and ready to go. You know, we've got a great, we've got a great support staff at school. Our administration's awesome. Our teachers are awesome. Our student body's awesome. They really get behind the kids. And as you know, no good program is going to be successful without those things. Nope. And uh, we couldn't be in a better place right now. Yeah, that's exactly like, you know, Coach Evans was talking about, you know, just, just the, he was so good about kind of like clarify, like just having those kind of things lined up, being successful in a certain, you know, doing program and having those things lined up. And they are, they're extremely valuable. Like we talked about, like, there's just great coaches that are just in bad situations. They don't have that kind of support, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. they're just not, you know, for reasons that they're just there, you know, but they're yeah. still really good coaches. Yeah. Well, it's something, you know, you have to be in a place that supports athletics. And I'm a firm believer that athletics make the school go. And, and it all starts with the football program, you know, cause that's the first sport that kicks off the year, you know, and if the football program usually has a good year, then everybody else for some reason tends to have a, a good year. You know, 
it's hard to be a state champion, but at the end of the day, you can still have a great year, you know, in your athletic program. We have a good athletic director who, who, uh, who does a great job, who gives us the things that we need to be successful. He supports his coaches a hundred percent. Um, he's really good to work with. And, uh, our administration staff is, is, is amazing, you know, and they give us, they give us the opportunities to be successful and let us do what we do. Yeah. Uh, in terms of booster clubs, like you guys have your own booster club. How's that work like within your school? We do. So, so our County doesn't have a lot of money set aside for athletics, probably in the whole County. Right. So we have to do our, we do all of our fundraising at, within our booster clubs. So, whatever we need, whether it's equipment, baseballs, um, whether we go on trips or, or whatever. So we have our own booster club. We do fundraisers, um, you know, for, for whatever, for whatever we need. And it's usually about 60 or $70,000 a year that, that it costs to run our program. Uniforms, cleats, you know, we buy the kids do a good job. They sell banners. We do, uh, we just did a hit a thon the other day. We raised 33,000, uh, on our hit-a-thon, um, we'll do another big fundraiser in the spring. We'll probably do like a dinner, you know, in the spring, you know, dinner with a pro. You know, I, I try, we're going to try and get a couple of the pro guys from our place to come. And, you know, if you want to sit down and have dinner with them, you know, we'll set a price for, for a dinner plate and, um, you know, or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, we have a really good – really good booster club, really, really good group of parents. And, uh, they really get behind the program. I mean, it's the most we've ever raised in a hit a thon So, uh, they're yeah. all in. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Again, all, all things is I know that like, I think coach Evans said, you know, just, it, these are all things about making a, having a good situation, you know, and mm -hmm. just, just giving a little glimpse of all those things. And yeah, I've learned a lot from him. I mean, you know, he, like I say, he's a good friend of mine. He's been doing a little bit longer than I have, and his career's taken him a little bit different direction than mine has. But um, you know, he's he's just he's helped me grow as a coach, and uh, you know, things like you know his little wall of fame that he has behind his dugout. We're doing that now, and you know, just things that that bring excitement to the program. You know, things that you do that other people don't have, and. That's what that's what gets everybody excited, you know. I mean, I want to walk into the park and see, you know, hey, Johnny Joe uh, drafted second round, nineteen seventy five or eighty five, whatever it is, you know. Guy might come to the game and see his name on the wall, you know. Then he might start coming more. So, you know, it's just promoting promoting those guys and letting those alumni know that you you're supporting them too, you know. So that's important. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So, like, um, you have any other uh, examples? So, you're starting, you're doing the Wall of Fame. You're doing anything else to bring that um, excitement to the program? Yeah, we're actually, uh, we're actually doing a, we're trying to do some field renovation stuff. I'm getting my entire field redone, probably uh, this week. It's about a four day project, um, and then we're getting brand new. Uh, hopefully, we're getting new fencing. We're going to raise the fences uh, to eight feet, and then we're getting new windscreen all the way around. Uh, try, we're going to try and put like a mezzanine bleachers on top of the dugout, maybe, um, maybe cover the batting cages. That's always been my goal from day one. I've been here. Uh, so I really want to get that covered so we don't get rain outs, but, uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo donated lights for us a couple years ago. Uh, we named the field after him. Um, so, 
you know, we got we got some things going on that uh, that we have more than most. We have a full clubhouse for our players and lockers and all that stuff. So they've got it better than most. And like you said, through the trips you guys are going to take and the gear you're trying to raise and stuff like too, I think all that's bringing excitement to the program. That's great. Absolutely. You know, again, I just think people, the more people just hear them, the better we can just kind of help people and yeah, continue to grow, grow those kind of things. So it's great to hear great programs and what they do. Yeah. For me, it's really not about, I mean, people say all the time, like, all you, all you want to do is win. All you want to do is win. Guys, and at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I do. I do want to win. But at the end of the day, I also want my players to go off and be collegiate athletes and, when they go into a college program as a freshman, they're college ready. That's, that's my biggest, that's my biggest goal for our players. When they leave my program or when they leave Stoneman Douglas and the work that all of my coaches have done with them, they're college ready. And that's the greatest compliment I can have when a coach calls me and says, man, this guy can play. I said, I told you he can play. <laughs> I, I want to send my college ready to a program, and uh, I hope we. Do, I think we do a good job of preparing those kids for that. I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Oh man, that's. A, I think that you know. Here we are, an hour and a half in already, man. I think that's a a great way to send out. Like I said, the best comment you can get is just having, being having them college ready. You know, being going off to college, but being ready for that. I. I I, I love. I, I would love that. You know, when my my players came back and said, "You know what, coach? Like, I liked your practices. Like, I was, you know, we was, yeah. I was ready for our practice. You know, like, oh man, I think your practice might be a little better." I was like, "Well, don't ever, please don't tell your coach that." You know, but I appreciate it. That's that definitely a compliment. I always loved, loved it. Right. Loved it. I mean, you. I want my kids to want to come to practice every day. You know, I oh, want yeah. them to enjoy practice every day and. uh our routine's our routine. I think a lot of the reason we're successful is because we have stability in our coaching staff. And, you know, we have a system that, that works for us. Everybody has a yep. system, but our system works for us, you know, and sure. they believe in the system that we teach. And that's half the battle. And uh, I can't believe it's been an hour and a half. Uh, this yeah, is right. Great. Uh, right. Great. Yeah. This I'm like, right, man, we can do this all night. Um, I know, yeah. man, just shooting it, man. It's it's been it's been wild. Uh, it, um, I mean, coach, any any uh, best way to contact you? Get you, you know, guys that want to talk talk some more baseball. What's the best way to maybe do that? Uh, any any guys that want to uh, contact my phone number, they can call me anytime they want. My phone's always on me. Uh, nine five four two nine five. 6878 or they can email me it's fitzy f-i-t-z-y uh t as in todd 17 at gmail.com i'll be glad to talk uh share stuff any questions anybody might have uh you know i, I don't know at all but i mean i know a little i mean if i can help somebody help their program be better then you know i'm all for it so, uh, you know, it's, it's a small fraternity we have here, man. You know that as well. And I love talking baseball. Anybody who wants to talk baseball, I'm all for it anytime. Coach Todd Fitzgerald, just uh, had a great conversation. You know, go through 
a bunch of stuff. You know, just here at the end, I just love this thing about a great compliment about having his kids college ready. It's one thing to get your kids to college, another thing to have them college ready and, you know, not having such a culture shock when they get to a good program. And that's what he's trying to do. I thought that was a great comment. I uh, loved how he gets into just building excitement around a program, talking about being competitive pitchers, uh, his quality of bat system after they're doing that after a bat during a game. I think that's a really interesting point to make and to keep them involved with how they're doing. I think especially when you think about guys making adjustments all the time, I think, you know, how are we helping them make adjustments, you know, right then and there, like he's allowing them to help them see what's going on during the game specifically, right, putting them on the chart, writing it down after their bats. Uh, Einem, it's not about me, and, you know, continues to hound that down, love his community service, um, and his open-door policy, promoting these guys to come back as much as possible. You know, just being able to then bring in how his perspective from his school shooting has really changed his perspective on things and changed his major, making more patient and then allowing them to just handle themselves and understand uh, about their mental health and helping kids do those things and taking time for that. A lot of great value. I uh, can't thank you enough, Coach. Fitzgerald, it's been a it's been a pleasure talking baseball and learning from you. And it's been a pleasure for you guys. I really thank you guys for hanging on with us, talking to us, and thanks to those guys in any pros, Will Minor. Appreciate you guys. And it's the first episode of the 2022-2022. Pretty incredible. So. Looking forward to the ABCA. Looking forward to uh, this coming year as we continue to get better. So until next week, keep getting better.